get your facts straight. Ask me if I give a shit. <laughs> of the Silver Emotional Podcast. My name is Will. And my name is Stephen. And today we're talking about a, a 1955 uh, creature feature uh, <laughs> called It Came From Beneath the Sea, directed by Robert Gordon, uh, featuring stop motion effects by Ray Harryhausen. But first, we have two feedbacks, and they're both from Evan, so buckle up. Mm. <laughs> And it's time to... We've, we've got a novel. <laughs> double our Evan, double our fun. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the first one is in response to the episode on Gunsmith Cats. Mm. Evan says, hi, Silver Emulsion. <laughs> hi, Evan. Hello. <clears throat> I don't know dick about Gunsmith Cats, <laughs> but I have some general questions about anime. Well, good, Evan, because Stephen can probably answer them. And I can be like, yeah, I don't know, I guess. <laughs> Plus, now I feel like I can't not contribute to the Silver Emulsion mailbag. <laughs> bit hooked. Yeah, once you pop, you can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think anime series have the coolest titles in the history of titles. <laughs> What I've always wondered is how much of it is a literal translation from Japanese and how much is an English translation just taking liberties. When you have shit titled like Peachy Vampire Magic School Asugi Redemption Flower, that has to be a direct translation, right? I made that title up. <laughs> but you get the point. And, and the thing is... I would not have been surprised had that been a real title. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds fucking real. It sounds like an anime title to me. Uh, but I think anymore, most titles don't wind up getting renamed much. It's just a direct translation? Yeah, a, a lot of times it isn't even a translation. They're just originally in English. Oh, it just comes with an English title, like Hong Kong movies? Yeah, well... Like, just, there's not necessarily a Japanese title. It's oh, the, okay. the original creator will come up with a title in English. Oh, weird. And that's part of why you get these weird, just kind of bizarre word salad <laughs> titles, is that it's somebody who doesn't actually know English is, like, yeah. I don't know, going on Google Translate or something and just, <laughs> like, piecing together some oh, okay. hodgepodge of, of absurdity. Okay. And sometimes there'll be alterations and stuff um, yeah especially like we've talked before about how l and r are the same a lot of yes, a lot yes. of times there will be things like that or just grammatical oddities that uh sometimes they wind up getting corrected to be correct english sometimes the the original creator is like no this is the way i want it and kind of puts their fist down but generally yeah. anymore i don't think we get a lot of uh alteration to it Usually the original title is there. Yeah. 
Um, well, anime people would be mad if they changed it. Yeah, yeah. So How I, dare you change this <laughs> semicolon to a colon? <laughs> <laughs> so, and and that is where we get a lot of the creativity of it is just that Japanese people will just do weird things with the language that a native speaker just wouldn't even think to do. And yeah. <laughs> Well, that's where it gets fun. Yeah, and so you get these weird <laughs> things that you're just like, the hell was that? But a lot of it is just either direct translation or uh, is just originally in English in the first place. Huh, interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, like, I mean, you, if you go to, like, older anime, things got changed up a lot. Yeah. But not so much anymore, I don't think. Cause, and when they would get changed, they'd be totally altered, so... Uh, you'd get Voltron instead of Go Lion, and yeah, they just made up Voltron. <laughs> yeah, they just made up Voltron. Oh, okay. They just made up Robotech. That was actually Macross and Southern Cross and Mosfita. Yeah, they um, just made up a Robotech. Yeah, G Force was actually Gachaman. <laughs> and just so hmm. you, if you go to like those older anime series from like this '80s and earlier, yeah, it's probably changed. Speed Racer? Speed Racer, I, I'm i actually not sure on that. That one, I think, might just be the original title. Speed Racer. <laughs> <laughs> but Astro Boy is not the actual title of that. That's oh, what actually is Tetsuan Adam. Adam Boy or something? Yeah, as in, yeah, it was a... Well, I think Tetsuan translates to Iron Arm. It basically means strong or powerful. Or, so. Strong Boy? Yeah, well... <laughs> Adam, just strong. Mighty Adam, Adam might be Adam. A, might be a more proper translation. Yeah, okay. But um, yeah, just being a replica of that, and then the English hmm. version just changed his name to Astro Boy and called him Astro instead of yeah. Adam, so they changed his whole name and stuff. So, huh. um, yeah, a lot. Like so, the older you go into anime, the more likely it is to have been altered to an American or English. Uh, yeah, strangeness. And then in the 90s, that kind of started going away. And you got Card Captors instead of Card Captor Sakura, but that's not a huge change. And, yeah. And there'd be little things like that. But after, after that, anime kind of became its own thing, and people were aware of it as a foreign product, and they didn't have to spin it to be an American right. thing. So, Well, people got a taste of those Japanese titles, and they're like, <laughs> fucking give me more. <laughs> The weirder the better. Yeah. I, th I think, if anything, like video games wind up getting title changes more than anime these days. But Still? Um, Still people are changing names and stuff? I think sometimes. I haven't heard of anything specific lately, but there's, there have been relatively recent games that have had uh, hmm. some changes. Although I guess Time and Eternity is almost a direct translation, but it's not something that could translate really properly, I guess. Okay, the original Japanese title was Tokitoa, which is just time, eternity, but those are actually the names of the characters, so... Yeah. You, then you play the game, and the characters are still named Toki and Toa, so it's like... Huh. But their names just mean time and eternity or something like that, but... So, that one I wouldn't call it change so much as it was just a translation, but... Yeah. Eternal Sonata definitely got changed, but the original title of that was Trusty Bell. Trusty Bell. <laughs> <laughs> which is weird as I don't know which title is weirder honestly but <laughs> trusty bell I actually what think the they, fuck? yeah it was like the hell but 
but that game is like at least a decade old or more so hmm. i'm not sure of anything specifically recently but that was definitely an era where i would not expect an anime to have much alteration if any to its title for yeah. English release um but yeah that's uh i guess that's the first question down do you have any yeah, others th- th- <laughs> yes there is more so you never see english titles that creative sounding so i assume these cool titles are direct translations either way i love them <laughs> other titles are boring in comparison hollywood will call will call their robot movie battle robots <laughs> but the japanese will call it mecha wing ace flyer shintaro 3.3 ghoul <laughs> that's so like that's what they do it's fucking it, hilarious it, it is like the the evangelion remakes are like the perfect example of that yeah, kind don't of they shit. have those like 2.0 yeah there's shit. like like it's, it's not even i think there was like it was neon like the first remake movie was like neon genesis evangelion i think it was like 1.01 colon you cannot not advance or something like that it was just like what the fuck are you doing and then like each of the remake movies have had a title like that i think it was was like oh wow it was like 2.2 or something and then it was like 3.33 it was like what Oh, with some weird ass you cannot do something <laughs> subtitle like... <laughs> you cannot translate this <laughs> that's funny also another question i have yet to see any anime that i thought smelled fart <laughs> but i'm pretty much a noob i admit they've all been pretty great and some like neon genesis evangelion is possibly my favorite animated thing ever. Mm. I still think of it almost once a week, and I still haven't recovered from the mind-blowing I got. (laughs) And it's been like 10 years since I watched it. But where I get overwhelmed and confused is all the genres and subgenres of anime. There's shit like ecchi, ecchi? You know ecchi? Ecchi, yeah, that's a... I'd... I guess the closest equivalent would be exploitation. Okay. And that it's... That one's a weird one that ultimately comes from English. And that... Well, maybe not ultimately, but... The Japanese word for weird is hen, I believe. Okay. And then for pervert would be hentai. Okay. So basically someone who has really weird sexual fetishes and stuff. Okay. It's called, and so that became the, the generalized word for pornography. Right. And then to say that in polite society without offending people, they just called it by the first letter, H, uh, which is etchy. Okay. And so it's literally just an abbreviation of the word, of the Japanese word for pornography, but said via the English letter that you would spell so, the, the word with. So is it more like softcore or is it just the same thing? It would, in general, I would say it's kind of, it would be more softcore. It, okay. It's etchy has kind of become distinct from just outright pornography and okay. that it's more about just being sexy and maybe there's a little bit of nudity or maybe there's stuff. So it, kind it, of like exploitation movies. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, <laughs> it becomes more like that where okay. it, it has wound up at least as far as I'm aware, kind of a, a distinction between that and outright pornography. But. All right. Well, let's continue. 
So there's shit like Echi, Mecca, Hentai, a personal favorite. <laughs> <laughs> we already covered two of those. Yeah. And fuck, Harambe or something like that. I don't know what any of it means. <laughs> I know hentai is porno, and Euroguro is something I stumbled upon like I was on the dark web. Do you know this Euroguro? Um, I know Guro is more of a, like, basically torture porn. Oh, okay. It's, it's porn, but about brutally murdering people. Oh. Violence Jack would okay. be if you took Violence Jack even right. further. Uh. But... Is there a specific subgenre of anime that's mind fucky <laughs> or creepy psychological stuff? I've usually just Googled shit like cool with the K anime. <laughs> <laughs> anime spelled A N I M A Y. <laughs> and crazy cartoons with a K and a Z at the end there. And blindly watch some recommendations. I remember blindly watching some crazy shit, and I can't remember the name. Devil Juco, Devil Juco, or something, that ended up being like a ninety-minute tentacle porn with demons. <laughs> so, is there a specific genre or subgenre along the lines of mindfucky stuff like Neon Genesis, or psychological like Perfect Blue? I usually just shoot in the dark, but any pointers will help. Will help. Thanks, gents. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure if there's a specific genre. If there is, it's not something I'm familiar with. As yeah. A, just a name for the genre. Um, I, I'll say Mecha is just robots, giant right. robots smashing each other up. So uh, Voltron Evangelion is technically kind of a Mecha, but although... Technically, they're not really robots, but that's part of what goes into why Evangelion is a mind-bending what-the-fuck. Okay. But, um... I thought they were in big robots, but I guess not. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a... You really should watch Evangelion at some point. I guess I'll have to point. watch yeah. it, yeah. Uh, and that's a big, long series that is going to be well and truly mind-bending. Yeah. Especially that freaking ending that is okay. just like, the fuck just happened uh evan is very right on that being a yeah. very uh weird mind bendy one um but yeah i don't know what to call that as an actual genre i can think of like a few examples of things like yeah. so something psychologically logical like obviously anything by satoshi Kone is gonna fit yeah. that bill um so uh millennium actress and paprika I'm pretty sure Evan's seen Paprika because I'm pretty sure I, on on his podcast, which is a number of years old at this point, I remember him talking about Satoshi Kon at some point, mm. and I believe he was talking about Paprika and and Perfect Blue. Okay. Um, um, what was his other one? Tokyo Godfathers. That one's Tokyo Godfathers is probably his most uh, straightforward, uh, least psychologically bizarre film. Yeah. But even that one's got a little bit of weirdness in it. Um, his TV series is really good a uh, paranoia agent that's what it's called um paranoia agent paranoia agent that okay. one is very very psychologically weird that is like perfect blue turned up to 11 on the weirdness meter okay um <clears throat> so that one would be a good one if you can track it down i think that's been out of print in america for a long time and uh, getting a hold of a dvd set is going to hmm. be like 
hundred bucks plus and bullshit unless they've put out a new release of it that I've haven't noticed. But yeah, uh, Lane is a good serial experiments Lane. Serial experiments Lane. You've talked about that one before. Yeah, that one was. I have not seen that in a while. It's been. I need to get back to that. But that's a. Uh, that is one that I have been planning to bring up at some point. And, yeah. And throw at you to see if it destroys your brain or not. But okay. Well. <laughs> I would prefer if you didn't throw the DVDs at me, but I can dodge pretty quick. <laughs> you know, watch, watch a little bit of too much of I Come in Peace with the little yeah, CD yeah, gun. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see if I can replicate that. But Isn't like Boogie Pop Phantom? That's kind of yeah, that would psychological. Be, yeah, that would be another good one for that. Um, anything by that, uh, I forget his name, the guy who did Serial Experiments Lane. Um, he did Haibane Renmei. Which okay. I have no idea if that title even translates to anything. Um, he also did Ergo Proxy. That was another one. No, he didn't do Ergo Proxy, but that is another weird one. Okay. Um, what was the other one he did? Right now, this shit down, Evan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Technolize. Tex. Wait. T e x. Okay. And it, it, like, like technolize, but no, yeah, like. <laughs> It's like technolize, like, like technology, but with an X instead of a CH, but like technolize. That one was really weird. It's not in Texas? No, no. Okay. It's a kind of post-apocalypse weirdness where they're, I think they're living underground and wow. there are like cyborgs and there's weird ass shit going on. That, that one was a bizarre one. Okay. Like his stuff is very, a lot slower paced. And yeah. just kind of like subtly bizarre, and it just kind of grows into this weird madhouse of like questioning reality kind of stuff. Okay. Lane is very reality questioning, I would That's say. Not, I'm 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 into that kind of stuff <laughs> with Phil Dick. So yeah, I'm curious. So that that would be some good ones to jump into. Um, oh, there's one that. Mamoru Oshii actually dives into kind of weird stuff like this sometimes, too. So his stuff would be not as extreme, I guess, but yeah, he, his stuff can definitely get a little weird. Um, there's one of his I haven't seen that I think is kind of that way is Angel's Egg. Angel's Egg. I've seen parts of that. Yeah, it's like I've only seen clips of that, and it looks really weird, and I'm just like, I, I want to see that, but I don't think it's ever gotten a proper release, and so I haven't really... It has a Japanese Blu-ray. Yeah. And I know it, that. I don't I think don't it think has it uses, subtitles. Yeah, I don't know that there is dialogue in it in the first oh, place. So okay. it might just be kind of a silent film or a semi-silent oh, film. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure on that, but I've, I've kind of had this feeling that there's no real dialogue to speak of. I feel like there's some, because there's an 80s Roger Corman movie called In the Aftermath. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and somehow or another Roger Corman got the rights to Angel's Egg and he made this sci-fi movie and in the middle of this movie all throughout this movie there's pieces there's just sections that are Angel's Egg like it's oh, just okay. cut into this movie and it's supposed to be part of the story of this overall thing and I've seen that and that movie is not great but it's so weird and like <laughs> the way that it uses the the footage of angel's egg and like how that tries to kind of 
tries it it tries to build a story kind of around those segments and i don't think that it's using those segments in the way that they're used in the actual Mm. oshi thing but it's uh it's interesting Hmm. so yeah if we ever track down the original angel's egg it would be interesting yeah yeah i would i would love to get that um there is another weird i think this was it was late 70s or early 80s this one did actually get an english release a few years ago and i keep meaning to go and pick it up somewhere and i just keep forgetting um it was a weird uh, what was it called um belladonna of sorrow i've heard of that and that's supposed to be very beautiful and very depressingly like fucked up oh okay and kind of hallucinatory in a way like yeah from what I've heard of that, it was the first uh, basically uh, adult-rated film or animation oh, in okay. Japan, at least um, the first, basically the first X-rated anime. And it's not pornographic, just so much as it's about really fucked up shit. It's about oh, some okay. girl who's just constantly getting abused by men and oh, kind sounds of sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's also just really like hallucinatory in it. Apparently yeah. like she's kind of going insane and kind of goes on this revenge spree kind of maybe skull man style. I don't oh, know, wow, but okay. like she's like it. So it's this really depressing thing that is like just about just up the oppression of women basically. And yeah. so it's despite like it's, it's adult rated, but not, because of a lack of yeah because it's tasteless or something it's this i've I've meant to track that down and watch it yeah that does have a u.s release yeah it was just a few years ago it got a blu-ray or something so um and i just and i meant to pick it up and and watch it and then it just i don't know got sidetracked and i just never wound up doing it but yeah well we should track it down yeah um i guess uh if you like Evangelion, um, you should definitely watch Raw Zephon. Okay. That one came out, I think, like maybe two years later. It was by different people who basically, I th- if, if I understand what happened right, is they basically watched Evangelion and went, no, that's wrong. We're going to do it our way. This should be done. So it's basically Evangelion, but done differently by people who thought Evangelion was kind of fucked up and wrong and were like, no, this this is how you tell this story. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> and so it's it's like it's almost like a complete like just an answer to Evangelion or a rebuttal to Evangelion. Yeah. Oh weird. And so it's kind of weird in that it's it's structured very similar in ways. It has very similar characters. But and so I, when I first watched it, I couldn't decide whether it was just a cheap ripoff of Evangelion or a better version of Evangelion, and I think it was trying to be a better version of Evangelion. Yeah. And, and where you can fall on that is definitely up for debate. And but do you think it's better? I think at least aspects of it are. I'm not okay. sure if it really is. Again, I haven't seen that one almost as long as I've seen Evangelion. It's oh, okay. Like, like it's, I I've, I've haven't seen that one in at least a good 15 years, so I can't really speak to a specific. Like yeah. I, I liked it, and I didn't like it at the same time, and, and so I'm not sure where I really sit on it. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one I would like to revisit at some point. And so, yeah. There, there's, What's that called? It's called Ra Zephon. Ra Zephon. Like okay. R-A-H space then Z-E p-h-o-n i think that's how it's spelled okay it's a yeah it's a, another wonderful anime title of right. just weirdness <laughs> what does it mean 
I don't know. Now, they've been remaking Evangelion. Have they been remaking Razafon? Mm, 3.2? Not, <laughs> not that I know of. Morzafon? <laughs> not that I know of. But, um, yeah. And, and, Razafon actually has like really high production quality, too. Like almost yeah. as, as good as Evangelion. So huh. it's like it, it wasn't just like some wackos just going oh let's do our own very <laughs> like it was like attic. it was some real like professional level shit and i was like damn like they huh. all right so it's uh it's definitely one to watch because even if like if you like evangelion even if you don't wind up liking raz on just to see this kind of response to evangelion yeah uh, it would be kind of worth it just to check it out for that hmm. all right um as for more general advice if you're looking for weird crazy anime i guess going on to a the anime news network the website there is yeah. basically just a kind of an encyclopedia of anime stuff and you can kind of hunt down anime by genre that way okay and that'll just be by basic like genre tags in english so yeah you can just so just go to anime news network type in crazy cartoons <laughs> <laughs> and hit search <laughs> yeah i mean for that one, I might just like look up something I know is weird or bizarre, like Perfect Blue or something, oh, and, see and then see the its tag tags, yeah. and then just click on those tags and see what else pops up. Are they user-generated tags? I believe so. So there might be a tag that says Mindfuck. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It might be a bit more like locked down into certain options. Like you oh, aren't just typing in any okay. random thing, but like here's a list of genres. Oh, you can, okay, okay. Uh, do for it but i'm i remember at some point sifting through there and you can get pretty granular with the genre searching so yeah uh, so that would be the place to just search for specific titles that you might be interested in and what genres they might fall in so all right well there you go there's a lot of information get out your notepads <laughs> well I, hopefully you had it out this whole time because <laughs> if not you're gonna have to rewind yeah, the podcast you're gonna have to rewind <laughs> And uh, now we will go on to Evan's second feedback. Mm. This one in relation to Wheels on Meals. Mm. What's up, movie fans? If you haven't guessed by now, my ass is a huge horror nerd. <laughs> <laughs> as far back as I can remember, that's all I watched as a kid, the exceptions being Die Hard and Rambo. Mm. <laughs> Horror shit is all I read. I went to horror conventions, dreamt about horror, drew horror, made horror masks, ate horror foods, <laughs> farted horror gas, <laughs> clogged horror toilets, and watched in horror as a horror shit made a horror toilet overflow, overflow horrifyingly. <laughs> uh, Jesus. You're not supposed to eat the Frankenberries. <laughs> <laughs> I was obsessed as a kid, still am, to be honest. But there came a time when I could no longer find horror movies I hadn't seen, and I already saw most of the good shit in the horror sections of every video store. Horror was also kind of hitting a slump in the early 90s, and the best horror coming out were turkeys like Full Eclipse with Melvin Van Peebles and downright duds like The Mangler about a killer laundry machine. <laughs> yeah, the, the Mangler is definitely one of the low end. 
based on a Stephen King story, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember watching this excellent documentary around that slump called The Best of the Martial Art Film, narrated by John Saxon. It was a perfect introduction to a whole different type of movies that were fucking awesome. <laughs> it showed a slew of Jackie Chan fights, Choi Hark movies, Sammo Hung, and it sure as shit wasn't action that Rambo or John McClane were doing. <laughs> I was fucking floored. And in this documentary, it showed the fight between Jackie Chan and Benny the Jet from Wheels on Meals. It even stated that Inside Kung Fu Magazine calls it one of the best fights ever filmed. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that shit over and over and over. But the problem arose. Where does one find these movies? <laughs> this was before internet was what it is now. So shit had to be ordered through catalogs or you'd flip through that giant fucking tome at Suncoast like it was an ancient Greek library. But nobody had fucking wheels on meals. <laughs> Do you remember that big book at Suncoast? Oh, I don't. It was like a big distributor catalog or whatever of all this shit that you could order from them if they didn't have it in the store. And I, yeah. I remember going there with Evan and we would flip through it to look for shit. But yeah, this is this is like early 90s, so yeah. We had a Sun Coast in the early 90s back there, out there. Yeah, in the mall. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember it being in the mall and I was just like, I guess I just never really went there until like later oh, okay. 90s or something, like 2000s or something. Yeah, I remember going there. I mean, we were in high school, so it was probably like 95, 96 or something when I, because cause I was friends with Evan in elementary school and then in junior high, we were on year round and we were on different tracks, so I like didn't hang out with them. And then when I reconnected in high school, like we were going to Suncoast and stuff, so I don't remember... Mm -hmm. Suncoast came in at some point in there because I didn't yeah. go to the mall much before I hung out with them. Yeah. yeah. I guess I was just hanging out there later on. Yeah. After uh, like the 2000s. And stuff, oh, okay. So. Might have uh, lost the giant book by that point. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe the internet was already a thing then. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, then in probably 1995, I went to Fangoria's Weekend of Horrors convention where i picked up a free mangler poster <laughs> i have no shame <laughs> and at these conventions there were always sleazy fans of fucked up shit selling rare vhs tapes bootlegs and oddball turkish pornos and the like this is where i got my my bootleg of roger corman's unreleased fantastic four movie <laughs> um that's me not evan <laughs> And Evan says they always had a TV VCR combo and would pop a tape in if you were interested, and sometimes to prove the 12th generation videotape was passable quality. <laughs> it looks good enough, dude. Either buy it or go fuck your mother. <laughs> anyway, lo and behold, in a neon green clamshell VHS case, I saw Jackie with the Y, Jackie Chan, Wheels on Meals, on this table. I swooped that bootlegged shit up and held it to my chest while my eyes rolled back in the back of, <laughs> rolled in the back of my head and my shoes blew off. <laughs> I finally fucking found it. Quentin Tarantino was at this same convention too, 
and he bought a shitload of movies from this same bootlegger <laughs> to where he started having a st- he started having to stack shit on his chest <laughs> but he didn't get wheels on meals <laughs> it was mine first the quality looked like you were watching it through a dirty aquarium but fuck it it was wheels on meals and the best fight ever filmed in all of its glory fun fact i also met john saxon at this same convention that's cool john saxon is like he's in a just a fucking shitload of uh Mm. exploitation movies and he's a a co-star of uh, enter the dragon Mm. among many other things all right um if you watch any kind of 70s movie like well i mean it goes 60s and and 80s as well but like man he's in like 90 percent of 70s movies <laughs> like the low budget stuff i don't know he's in a lot of them anyway evan uh continues i had a point when i originally started writing this but i went down memory lane and forgot where i was going <laughs> sorry i'll wrap up with a question wheels on meals has been my favorite fight probably ever since ever since you saw it i guess <laughs> uh the the little things too like the table getting pushed back the candles extinguished with a kick resting on a chair and that cool 80s song that kicks in when jackie is getting loose it's been like the gold standard for fights or silver standard silveremulsion.com <laughs> but what do you think of fights and shit like the raid or tony job ja movies if you've seen them they're not as fun, but they're fucking brutal and exhilarating. They fight to kill, and it's ugly sometimes, yet choreographed incredibly. It's cool seeing new styles from different countries, too. Ah, fuck, I'll shut up. This is turning into the tome at Suncoast. <laughs> Hugs and kisses. <laughs> so in terms of the raid, have you seen the raid? Yeah, I've seen, I think I saw both of them. You saw the raid one and the raid two. Yeah. You don't remember if you saw Raid 2? I'm either remembering parts from the first movie that I'm thinking are Raid 2, or I saw Raid 2. So what parts are you thinking of? I'm thinking uh, there was some fight where they were sitting in a car, and they were seat belted in, and they were like jabbing at each other in this super cramped car. Yes, that's Raid 2. Okay, then I've seen Raid 2. Okay. So... I think there was something where he like slammed a dude's face on a stove and burned his yeah, face up. Yeah, that's pro- I don't remember that, but yeah. Um I've seen Raid 1 and Raid 2. Um the thing with with those movies is they're awesome, of course, but but like to me the playful fighting of Hong Kong movies where it's not so brutal is like that's what i love that's like the fucking best and so when i watch raid movies i'm like wincing and you know it's like when i watch gamera and i get sad because he's getting hurt and i feel it like i'm i'm too empathetic and so i feel that the same way when i'm watching the raid movies because they're so brutal like there's a fight in the first raid where because at the beginning they have guns and then like there's a part later where they like they don't have guns anymore, and now Eco Uwais, 
the main guy has like this little knife thing and he's like slashing everybody's throats and there's like a part where he's like slashing ankles and like every one of those slices mm-hmm. is just like oh, 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 <laughs> I, I feel it every single one of them and they're fucking amazing choreograph but like it's not fun to me like they're super right. fun but like it's not fun to watch for me even though I totally love them and like respect them immensely. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I was able to, uh, not feel that pain so yeah. much. So I was, I think I was into them a bit more than you were then, but yeah, cause they were definitely a lot of fun, a lot of cool stuff. And I was, I was enjoying them. But. Yeah. So raid two, did you think that that one, that one's like two and a half hours. It's the complete opposite of Raid 1. Raid 1 is like 90 minutes. They're up yeah, the building, yeah. <clears throat> big fights. It's awesome. Perfect action movie. It's great. Raid 2 is like Godfather, where it's <laughs> like this two and a half hour, you know, like underworld saga and with fights all throughout and stuff. Yeah, I kind of I think at the time I watched it and was like, hmm, the first one was better. Yeah. And... And maybe because of that, or maybe just, I don't know, something about it wasn't connecting as well. But. Yeah. The thing, I I think as a movie, and I'd have to watch it again. I only saw it the one time in the theater whenever the fuck it came out. So that was a long time ago. Yeah. I, like an anime, I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> like, all these characters, and, like, I remember the one main guy from the first one. and <laughs> You know, like, he had a brother, and yeah. I don't I don't know what's going on. But, like, the action is incredible. And specifically, the end fight in the kitchen. Do you remember that shit? Uh, maybe. If you don't fucking to be, remember. Like, oh, that fight or something. It's one-on-one. It's the main guy, Iko Uwais, and the, the bad guy. I don't know. <laughs> and, and, and he's also a... Because the martial art that they use in that is an Indonesian martial art called Pencat Salat. Mm. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but that's what it looks like to me. Anyway, that's what they use, and both of them are, like, actual practitioners, and the the guy who plays the bad guy, I can't remember his name. It's it's a three-name... It's three names, and it's, like, Sasep something Rahim or something. Anyway, that's his first movie, Raid 2. And... I swear to God, that one fight <laughs> at the end of Raid 2 is one of the best, like, one-on-one fights ever. Ever. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that shit is super brutal, but but it's so well choreographed and so tense. So awesome. And I've only seen it that one time, but, like, that, that dude, <laughs> that bad guy, instantly became, like, Oh, this is one of the legends of martial arts cinema <laughs> in one movie. <laughs> in my head, he was like already legendary. And Eco Ace was that way anyway from the first raid. Like I was already like on board with him. And the other guy that plays the the main bad guy in in the raid, he's in all of those movies as well. Um his fucking name is like I can't remember. His name is like Yahan Ruhian or something. That dude is a fucking beast, too. He plays Mad Dog in the first one. 
um, that guy's fucking awesome. And so I remember in the second one being being sad that he wasn't in it more. But then when they got to the end and that end fight was just like blowing my fucking mind. But but to me personally, I like the movie as a movie movie, their movie that they made before the raid Marantau, which is basically like a love letter to Jackie Chan. Right. I fucking love those those fights like. They're so fun, and they're just like they carry the same fun of a, a Hong Kong movie. Yeah, yeah. And so I prefer those fights, just in terms of like shit I would want to rewatch all the time. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you saw know. that too, right? Yeah, I did see Maranto, and that one was definitely a lot of fun. That was really good. Yeah. Have you seen any Tony Jaa movies? He's uh, a. I don't think so. What the fuck country is that? Thailand. Hmm. Probably not. Ong Bak? No, I've not seen it. I've heard of that, but I've not Ong seen Bak it. Ong Bak is really good. The, the U.S. title, Ong Bak Muay Thai Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> that one's really fucking good. And then he made a movie called The Protector, which is fucking good. And there's a fight in Protector that is absolutely incredible. It's one unbroken shot <laughs> where Tony Ja goes into like this can't remember what it i think it's a casino or something and he just goes in and just starts destroying people (laughs) and he goes up the stairs and he goes like basically all the way up to the top where he's confronting this guy and it the whole fight from when he goes in the doors all the way up to the top is one shot where it's just a dude like and like just following him around it's it's fucking amazing absolutely amazing and there's like crazy stunts in that, like a Jackie Chan movie where he's like fucking jump kicking onto a fucking helicopter and <laughs> shit. There's all kinds of crazy shit. Tony Jaa is, is amazing, amazing, amazing. He's like, like, cause, cause Hong Kong died. Like the handover happened. Hong Kong cinema kind of collapsed because everybody went to the U.S. Jackie Chan and all. And, and then, then Tony Jaa was like the beacon of hope like oh shit thailand is gonna take up the torch from hong kong cinema <laughs> because ong bak came out like early 2000s so it was pretty close in time and i remember when we saw ong bak it was just like oh fuck this is this is it now <laughs> and then later like when the raid came out now it's like oh shit now indonesia's coming out with some shit mm. And, uh, yeah, so it is interesting to see the ways that different different uh, cultures use martial arts and stuff. Yeah. Have you seen Old Boy just no. off of, offhand? No, I haven't. Fucking Old Boy. There's a fight in Old Boy that's, that's like, uh, one shot, too, where it's in this hallway. And that shit is just amazing. <laughs> but but it's not really, like, a fight movie. It's, it's a kind of like a psychological drama thriller sort of a thing hmm. but it's so fucking good <laughs> like i heard a lot of shit about old boy oh old boy is amazing <laughs> and i'm thinking old boy sounds dumb like an old boy <laughs> and so i finally watched it and it was like incredible that's a korean movie <laughs> so yeah i i recommend old boy <laughs> <laughs> all right I know Evan's seen Old Boy. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know it, but 
I know it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way Evan has gone this long without seeing Old Boy because that's like, I don't know, oh four or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's already had a U.S. remake. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> God forbid I watch that. <laughs> oh, sure you don't want to give that a shot? No, I don't. I don't. Spike Lee made it, and oh. I do kind of like Spike Lee, okay. but but uh, I I don't know that I would give that a shot. Because <laughs> <laughs> the original Old Boy is so good, and like, there's no way that you could ever translate it <laughs> into mm. another movie. Like, it is its own thing. It should be left alone. It's just one of those movies that you shouldn't touch it, you know? It's like they talk about making a, a live-action American Akira movie, and it's just yeah, like, that, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I, I can't really imagine that working. Yeah, it's just it's <clears throat> fucking stupid. Like, they made that Ghost in the Shell movie. What? Yeah, there, there was no... What? point for that other than just to like what the fuck <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense i don't know yeah it's people green like that like come on <laughs> they keep trying to capitalize on that whole anime thing and it's very strange yeah they they, they keep failing as I, I still think that fist of the north star is the best anime movie Dude, live action that low budget fist of the north star is so fun <laughs> so fun it has all those cool physical effects and gary daniels yeah we gotta watch city hunter he's in he's in city hunter yeah um city hunter not one of the most uh (laughs) well-liked jackie chan movies but i like it quite a bit i don't give a fuck Mm. (laughs) but most people seem to hate it but uh, i don't know I guess I guess the takeaway is that you need to see some Tony Jaa movies. Yeah. And I need to get over my my brutality sort of <laughs> cringe and watch Raid 2 again because that fucking end fight is great and I should watch that again. Um maybe I'll understand it this time. I wonder if that guy's made anything else. It's a uh, the director is a Welsh guy, Gareth Evans that 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 lived in Indonesia for a long time. Hmm. And I don't know if he's, cause raid two came out a long ass time ago. He's probably made yeah. something else since then. Yeah. It's been a while. I should look into that. Hmm. So, uh, now what's fucking, what's this thing called? It <laughs> came from beneath the sea. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, so it's been a while since we did Harry Housen. Yeah, we just seen that one, right? The we watched the one, and then we watched uh, King Kong, which is Willis oh, yeah. O'Brien, uh, okay, yeah. uh, Harry Housen's sort of mentor, yeah, kind of yeah, guy. Kind of a related, but not uh, yeah, not not, not actual Harry Housen. <laughs> right. So this is uh, fifty-five. Mm-hmm. The the uh, the first movie that we watched, Beasts of Twenty Thousand Fathoms, was. Uh, 53 and in the middle of the two movies 54 was Godzilla <laughs> mm. you know I was kind of wondering about that because like there was because I knew Godzilla was kind of around this time but yeah like specific timing I was kind of 
curious on it. The, the U.S. version didn't come out until 56, though, so it would be after this in the U.S. But, okay. But it came out in, in I was going to say Hong Kong, because it's just what's on my brain all the time, but but uh, came out in Japan in 54, so. Yeah, okay. It was in between these two. Yeah, because there's, there is the whole, like, oh, it was created by radiation, or at least, like, influenced yeah. by, like, there's, there's that angle to it that wasn't in, uh the other one what the heck was the other one called beast from Twenty Thousand fathoms yeah beast from Twenty Thousand fathoms you know i i was thinking of just the story name of the foghorn i'm like no that was oh right right yeah you had the damn movie you had read that (laughs) no um well i i didn't think that that i didn't remember that that one was atomic also but then i looked it up when i was watching this one when it was this one was like all about the radiation i was like oh this is this the movie that you know this is after Godzilla, so are they taking from that? But then, from what I read, Beast for 20,000 Fathoms, it was something about, un, it like, cracked out of the ice because of some atom bomb. So I think oh, it, it hmm. was, uh, I think it yeah, was I in that one, too. Yeah, I don't remember that, but, yeah. It might have just been, like, a throwaway line or something. That right. You just yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of remember, like, that fucking the opening shot was like a mushroom cloud or something but hmm. i don't know i'm sitting in my head yeah i don't know if that's just uh yeah, you, me or yeah you're saying it's like cracking out of the ice and all i'm thinking is gamera so right right and then i think gamera too so i don't know but that would have come later so yeah that first gamera movie is in the 60s so yeah. that's uh much later but anyway they all follow a similar trajectory <laughs> Yeah, Where yeah. Some fucking nuclear thing brings a, a, a giant monster onto us. Yeah. I did like how they were uh, a lot more, I, I guess, scientific, I suppose. And, and you know, they're like, oh, their bo- bomb testing was here and the radiation would have drifted through ocean currents they this did way. talking about like, that, yeah. It, did, it went a little more intricate than just, there was a bomb and, and this monster appeared. <laughs> it was like... Yeah, this is true. Yeah, it was kind of almost structured like a documentary at points where where they were just explaining stuff like that and yeah, showing a lot of narration. Yeah, the narration was kind of documentary ish, and there's a it almost played like like a Nazi propaganda movie too. <laughs> I'm mean, not Nazi, uh, Navy, Navy. The because uh, there's like. You know, just I don't know, like a fucking yeah promo reel for the Navy, where it's like, like here we Navy's, are. And the, Navy's awesome. Yeah, the Navy's <laughs> got this dope sub, and and like this is what the Navy's doing. We're gonna send out these fucking boats to bomb this thing, and I don't know. It just seemed like like this is a right. enlisting <laughs> film, <or> recruiting <laughs> film. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, I kind of feel like. I mean, I'm not familiar with much cinema from that era, but isn't this like the whole McCarthy era of like anti-communism, super like yeah, patriotism, yeah, like America, yeah. It's kind of like yeah. th- this was kind of uh, this is a, that era, yeah that that time where everybody was uh, the Red Scare going on. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, kind of a a very pro-military. <laughs> very much so. Yes. <laughs> 
Military's got your answers, man. They have the answers, <laughs> and we are winning by force <laughs> of the military. Yes, for sure. Um, I don't remember the other one being really focused on the military at all. Yeah, I don't think there was really much military anywhere in it. Yeah, I don't remember there being... I remember them going to a museum, and there's the paleontologist guy and all that, but I don't remember any sort of military presence. Yeah. But man, this movie is just <laughs> chock full of it. Yeah. Big advertisement for cool Navy stuff. Yeah, cool Navy stuff. Yeah, they 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 got a lot of it. Did you join up after watching the movie? <laughs> Did you go down to the recruiting office? Got my little uh, enlistment forms right here. You ready to go? <laughs> Oh, Pat, that's where you're going afterwards with your bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking get on the bus. And like, I want I want to ride this cool submarine, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get in this submarine from the 50s. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. You don't have this thing anymore? Um, they actually shot the, the submarine stuff on an actual Navy submarine, too. Mm. Yeah, um, it definitely looked like a real submarine. So. Yeah, it was a real deal. And and all of that submarine inside the submarine stuff was shot handheld um, mm. because the inside a sub is very small, so there's not enough room for, like, a full rig. Yeah. So they just do a handheld. Yeah. Well, I did a pretty good job of that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> good old steady hands, <clears throat> the yeah. McGillicuddy or whatever his name was, <laughs> <laughs> running the camera. Cause yeah, I wouldn't have known that just by... No, it looked yeah. good. Yeah. looked good. But, uh, so, I don't know about you, but I thought this movie was kind of lame. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little sluggish. <laughs> like, as a movie? Yeah. It, man. It, a, a little a little too, uh, I guess, generically. Just, I don't know, here's, man. Yeah. It, it, I thought it was pretty rough. Yeah. Rough going. I mean... Definitely the special effects were the reason to watch it. <laughs> 100%. Those are, are the reason to watch it, and that's why I was watching it. And that's definitely the the part that has held up. Yeah. Um, I, I did think the octopus in the tank was kind of cool. But <laughs> that was cool. I The, the part with that, that I, I enjoyed that, but I was worried about the octopus itself yeah this, this because is, i was just like how what do they do to it to yeah. make it sort of put its little arms on its head and <laughs> like i i don't know i got i got kind of worried about it but then i you know i get worried about the the fictional octopus as well <laughs> that's why i don't like gen in general i don't like the kaiju movies where where it's humans trying to kill the kaiju because i mm always associate myself with the kaiju <laughs> and i feel bad because it's just a it's an animal trying to be an animal and i don't think he should be killed for that so then you know that part at the end where they fu that fucking torpedo goes right through its skin yeah oh god i felt it it was like oh it was like fucking gamera again all over again and the captain goes out with a harpoon yeah, just... i felt yeah i like, felt no. bad not done yet. I got a I got C four strapped to a harpoon. We're gonna... Yeah, and then the last guy goes out, and I thought that was funny because he was like, "No, it has to be me. I'm the only one that knows its weakness." And <laughs> it just stabs it in the eye. Yeah, he, he fucking <laughs> like 
You could have literally told anybody, oh, just go for its eye. <laughs> it's not like some, you know, real scientific region of the <laughs> octopus that he has to, you know, specifically right. hit. It's just like, yeah, it's yeah. not like, no, I know this whatever organ under no, this particular no, no. tentacle is going to be the. Like, it's like, yeah. Like, no, there's a time. <laughs> yeah, it has an eye. Stab it. Like, what the fuck, man? I don't know. There's some, there's some stuff like that, like, the, in the writing that just, it's supposed to be serious, but fuck, I was howling because it was just ridiculously <laughs> stupid. And, you know, it's supposed to be fun, so I, I had a good time with, with yeah, it. Yeah, it, it strikes me very much as a movie of its time. That it's For sure, yes. I think it's also worthwhile to note because like we're this is 55 so what's that like you know 64 years later yeah is that right yeah i guess so i don't know yeah 70 yeah, 60 60 yeah i guess 65 yeah uh, yeah so that's a long fucking time ago um so we we would look back at this movie and we would say oh it's a b movie from the 50s but the in actuality, this was the A picture. This was the the big <laughs> right, feature right. because it, it has it, the the big money special effects. Yeah, I I didn't think of this as a B movie. Yeah, so much as just a really old movie. Like, because I, I was mentally just kind of thinking of like the kind of mystery science theater three thousand movies that you yes. get from. And I was like, no, this, this is not <laughs> that. This is this is not something that would really be a MST3K kind of feature but i feel like I mean, it's, it it's definitely would. not but you could like, you could definitely do it yeah you could do it for sure but it, <laughs> it's, it's not like the kind of like stuff that just drifted into the public domain that they were no. like grab this and you know it, it wasn't that level of no definitely not no but uh i just i think it's important to note that like this was the <laughs> this was the big big money movie at the time yeah yeah because it's it, it's Definitely, uh, very just kind of straightforward, and yeah. like there's very little twists and turns in it, and no, yeah, not at and, all. And what is there is just kind of very superficial, and like, oh, your leave was canceled, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like all that shit. I mean, that's like not even anything. <laughs> yeah, that's like the closest you really get to a twist, you know? Yeah, no, it's just. Yeah, usually in like a big climax of a, of a movie, you're gonna get things like, "Oh, we tried this; it's not working. We've got to improvise." Right. And there's not much of that. There's like, "Oh, hey, just send out some dudes with flamethrowers. Hey, it's working." <laughs> you know, it's yeah. You know, it's just stuff. Just kind of that's true. Seems yeah. to work for the most part. Yeah, up until that end where where two guys have to go out <laughs> yeah yeah to it. and you know they had to send out the one guy who knew the exact place the <laughs> yeah, eye right and then it's not even like this weird yeah <laughs> yeah and like you could definitely have ratcheted up i think even at the time uh some of the tension in uh from like yeah you know you got to see where the captain's out there and he's like kind of unconscious in the scuba gear right, and the right. other guys rescuing like i think even back then they had tech the techniques and style to oh, make that a lot more uh for sure uh, yes no this 55 i mean i mean this th that's like the 
the fucking sweet spot of Hitchcock's career, you know, the, yeah, yeah. the fucking master of suspense. Yeah, th- there could have been a lot more tension oh, in, is this sure. guy going to survive? And, or yeah, is, no. you know, is he in danger? And just like, 100%. You know, like that just kind of came and went. And Yeah, no, this movie, not very well directed. I, I you know, I feel bad to say that. <laughs> like, I don't like to be negative about, like, stuff like that, but it's just, it's real generic and... And it's just real. There's some. I mean, there's some shots in this fucking movie where, the they're in like the lab, and the the guy who stabs the eye, the, yeah, the yeah, like the doctor doctor guy, guy well. and the girl, <clears throat> they're fucking. Well, because the doctor guy and the military guy are like standing next to each other, and the doctor dude is tall as fuck. So right the camera's too close so Mm. you only get like the shoulders like the top of the shoulders of the military guy and his head and then you get like the full torso of the other guy (laughs) and then the military guy leaves the woman walks in and now it's literally just her head (laughs) from the bottom of the screen up and it's just like the ugliest shot ever (laughs) and it doesn't move it doesn't change like like you could have blocked the it it could have been like a normal shot but no it's a thing where this woman walks in as a head and then remains a head through the whole entirety of their dialogue together it's like what the fuck are you thinking like come on yeah there there were some weird interesting moments like it's off real real like like there's that one point where he like tells the girl to take a break and then he's like walks off to the side with her and is chatting with her and like the whole time the the scientist dude is just standing there completely not reacting to any of this (laughs) it's like this whole scene it's like and she comes back and he's like oh do you have that thing like like he thought she was still there working the whole time and she's literally just walked back from taking a break and it's like yeah it was some weird <laughs> setups and things. For Definitely, sure. and and me being a fan of weird, low budget nonsense that doesn't make sense, <laughs> I enjoyed all that shit, and it made the movie like a lot better than if it was if it was generic and competent. <laughs> right. I would have been much more bored. Like I was still kind of like you know twiddling my thumbs quite a bit, but. All the weirdness definitely, yeah, <laughs> definitely kept it going for me. Like, I was like, "Well, who would shoot this?" Like, this? <laughs> there was a one sequence where it was like a modern movie where the the woman is explaining. I think it's the drifting of the of the radiation. She's at a map and she's like explaining stuff, and it cuts between her talking and it's a close up of her head. And then it cuts between, like, the eight other people in the room, but it doesn't ever show a wide establishing shot of them. It only shows close-ups of each individual head. (laughs) And it just cuts between all of these heads during this explanation. And that's how, like, modern movies show conversations. Mm -hmm. And you almost never see anything like that in in older Mm -hmm. movies. And it's just like, wow. (laughs) what is this guy on man he's making this just this ugly fucking movie oh i was just 
appalled, but also mm. thoroughly amused. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, like, fucking Ten Commandments is, like, 54, one of the great, you know, beautiful epics uh, of of stage and screen you know <laughs> i mean like this is not uh, like a bad time in movies this is uh the yeah. heyday of the studio system you know i mean right at the height of their powers making all kinds of wonderful movies i want to say singing in the rain is probably i don't know i think that's like 53 54 somewhere in there 55 mm. all those hitchcock movies rear window i don't know yeah. So this is definitely, you know, on the low end of the spectrum. <laughs> on the there. low end, but I I don't know in terms of budget, but you can tell like a lot of the budget definitely went into the 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 Harryhausen stop motion. Yeah, yeah. Cuz that stuff is great. Of yeah, course. that that stuff is really nice, definitely. Yeah, well done. I I still think Beast from 20,000 Fathoms is better, and that might just be due to the monster itself yeah it's more interesting yeah because this is just it's a big octopus yeah there's like literally nothing to it other than it's an octopus right (laughs) and like that's super cool but (laughs) at the same time it is what it is right (laughs) and i i i was thinking and while i was watching the movie i was thinking a lot like nowadays we have like all these nature documentaries and things like this is a lot less bizarre and mysterious to a modern audience than yeah. someone in the 50s who maybe would only see an octopus here and there and weird like a yeah i guess that's true like i mean they had like disney used to do those nature documentaries and i want to say for sure they had a, a, a number of them by the 50s not that they're like widespread or anything but like yeah it just i know they did one on deer like around bambi time and that's in the 40s and mm-hmm. i don't know yeah it he just, had a it whole string of them strikes me as something that in the 50s not as many people would be for sure though yeah just aware of the general uh or have seen footage right. of a live octopus or seen one in an yeah. aquarium or something it yeah yeah wouldn't have been quite as well known or well understood for sure. So it might have been a little more exotic to people of that time. Yeah. Than to us, it's just like, well, it's just an octopus. An octopus is a normal thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like... That's true. <laughs> uh, I mean, that being said, if I saw a giant octopus crawling up Golden Gate Bridge, <laughs> I'm not going to be like, well, yeah, it's just an octopus. No, no <laughs> <Right>. big deal. <laughs> Even if I saw... Even if, like, right now, a regular octopus, regular-sized, not even a big one, like, just a baby one, whatever, just crawled in to the room. That would be very surprising. I would be very surprised, (laughs) and I I would, I I wouldn't just be like, hey, an octopus, (laughs) how's it going, bud? (laughs) How'd you get in here? (laughs) I would be a little freaked out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That, that, That would definitely be kind of weird but yeah at the same time you wouldn't be like oh my god what the hell is that <laughs> no i would know it was an octopus yeah that's for and sure. there's there is something i'm not sure if it's just like overplayed in this movie or maybe something more of the time where it's like they've got the, uh, uh, like a giant octopus you're crazy like 
Oh uh, yeah, and where they... there's like the the whole the fishermen they're trying to send to the insane asylum because they right right <laughs> like they saw a giant <laughs> monster attack their boat. They must be crazy. Send them to us uh, the psych ward. Yeah, I mean that's not too unbelievable. If someone said that a fucking octopus <laughs> pulled their entire boat under the water, I mean like it's a pretty big octopus we're talking. Yeah, so, yeah. I I don't know that today they'd be like, all right, lock them up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, it, it, it seems a little like like that's what I mean by like. Is that just, did they just do that to people back then? Have you said something weird? We're gonna. I mean, probably they had. They they definitely did not have as nuanced a view on mental illness as we right, have right. now. Not that we're super enlightened now, but we definitely have another sixty years <laughs> of medical science. Um, but yeah, I I do feel like people were probably locked away a lot easier back then right or you know getting shock treatment and all that shit that was like kind of the norm fucking all that like water drowning therapy all that have you heard about that shit oh drowning therapy. well not like actually drowning but like fucking like dunk them in water and shit i don't know it's uh some wild shit when you go back into like old medical stuff yeah man i'm sure (laughs) I was really fascinated with it because I watched this TV show called The Nick that Steven Soderbergh did. Um, it's fictional, but it's set in real life, like 1910s at the mm-hmm. New York Knickerbocker Hospital. And mm-hmm. it's all about these surgeons trying to perfect this surgery. And like every time they do it, the guy will die because they can't sew it up fast enough because the person bleeds out too quick. Mm. And this is like an actual surgery that's like commonplace now. And it's just like, it made me think about how medical science, like it's all built on all of this shit over hundreds of years. Yeah. yeah. And it's just nuts how, how just to see it like viscerally, like, Oh, they just, that person died not because they didn't know what to do, but just because they couldn't do it quick enough. And, like, how do they get quicker, and how do they solve these problems? Yeah. I don't know. It's fucking cool. Yeah. It's a good show. Interesting. But the, uh, it came from beneath the sea. <laughs> I like that title. <laughs> yeah, it did have some really great-looking stop motion. So. It, it for sure did. <clears throat> for sure. And I was kind of thinking of it like... I was suddenly in my... I don't know why I've never really thought of it in this sense before, but comparing it to more of a animation that yeah. you get from, like, a cartoon or something. And that, yeah. <clears throat> the way you'd have to do it is so different in terms of, like, if you're doing, a like, a drawn animation, yeah, you can basically kind of math it out to a degree and design keyframes and then you set up these keyframes and then you go okay we're gonna have say five frames in between these two and paste them out yeah and you can't really do that with a stop motion you have to adjust it every bit you can't like go okay five frames later it's gonna be here and then fill in the gap well 
<clears throat> I want. I like, mean, I don't know. I'm not a stop animator, but it, I know from like watching documentaries and stuff that I don't know that they have like keyframes along the way that are specifically like timed or whatever. But I, I remember watching most recently when we watched King Kong, I watched the one where they were uh, redoing that spider pit sequence, the Peter Jackson's oh, yeah, yeah. animators. And the one guy was talking about how they had images because they didn't have the footage, but they had these two still images of the spider that was like, he was in the cave here. And then the next image that we have is he's out here and he's like up on this rock and the guy is being attacked. And so he's like, these are, I know that I have to start here and I'm going to this place and I have so many, you know, seconds to animate in between. And so I can kind of do what I want, what I think should happen in between there, but I know I got to end here. Yeah. So it's similar <clears throat> in that way. Um, and I feel like they're not just, yeah. And there's, there's they gotta have be some to know kind of where they're going level. at some point point yeah like the storyboards and stuff yeah and i'm just thinking of it in terms of like just hand-drawn animation where it's like you just got the two sheets and you're lifting one up and compare like right. you can't really compare and contrast no you to have that to know what you're doing yeah. yeah it's 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 got to be such a different process of <clears throat> yeah animating it out and i guess i don't know for some reason i've just not really thought of stop motion animation as animation in the sense of like like it's a special effect thing and i've never really just thought of how the process itself actually flows and yeah it's a very interesting thing it's it's definitely animation though yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's like you're, you've already taken a picture at every little stage right it's a very different but very different process it's got to be it's on a yeah, very it's different its plan. Like yeah. the planning of it has to be done in a very different way. It ha like like it's got to have its own rules to it that I'm just not aware of. Right, <laughs> it just kind of makes it a little more mysterious. And <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of amazing, especially when there's multiple things being animated at the same time. Yeah, yeah, because. I was really noticing like when it's climbing up the bridge and the bridge is kind of got it's broken. It's got that yeah. swinging part up in the yeah. corner and it's still climbing up. And it's like, oh, you got to like figure that out. And right. And to have it all at the same time. And it's like, man, <laughs> I mean, even if you drew all that out, the just to just to, to actually do that. <coughs> I mean, fuck. That's that's you know, that's why. Harryhausen is the fucking man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why there's not a lot of uh, stop motion animators that are, you know, I mean, it's not much of a thing because you have to be good. And there's like Harryhausen and Willis O'Brien. And then there's a few people after that that are like big names, but it's kind of a hard thing to do. Yeah. I think it would be harder than drawn animation i feel like it would because you're adding that right third element a third dimension and yeah and and you've got just, that and it seems so much harder and i mean i guess you can like composite different shots if you wanted to 
like make multiple things moving around simultaneously but you could but like the especially in this in the 50s like, like compositing it, it, yeah i don't think that was like that bridge swinging around while it was i don't think that was composited or anything it might be because there's a lot of composited stuff while there's stop motion where that's like there's yeah that's true there's people like the, running that's yeah, a filmed thing and then a tentacle around, is yeah. coming in the other side of the building that's a model that's composited over that and so there is things like that and and they could do multiple things together like the yeah yeah the end maybe. of the the end of the birds the final shot of the birds which is uh, eight years after this so 63 mm -hmm. so perhaps some technical advancements had been made but the the end of the birds looks like this amazing shot and you're like wow how did they get all of these elements to just be perfect and it's the answer is they composited like 30 something shots oh jeez. <laughs> i don't remember that number it could be more it could be like 25 or so. it's it's a huge number though and it's just like they composited all of this shit together and i remember looking when i was like a teenager at the at the image and where they were pointing out like this is its own element this is its own element this little part of the the background is an element and this is the car is its own thing and because basically it's like a, a like a sun sunrise sort of scene and a car drives out hmm. and it looks awesome you would never know that it was all pieced together like a puzzle huh. and so th there's definitely not anything super complex like that here but right but there there might be multiple mats being used at the same time i don't know yeah, I mean, you can, there, there's places where you can definitely tell that it's doing it, like with, with the, yeah, for sure, for sure, like uh, the flamethrower guys where you can kind of, yeah, you can see that, but that's still, that effect is really good. Though. Yeah, yeah, it, it works really good, like, I'm seeing, I'm thinking, like, there's shots where I just, like, I can see the transparency of things, yeah, like, especially yeah. in that scuba scene underwater, like, you can see the octopus through the guy who's yeah, swimming for around, sure. yeah. like, there's stuff like that that is more obvious, but, yeah, that's the obvious stuff, and you can tell, like, in, in other places where you can see the mat lines and stuff, because, instead, like, back in, like, Star Wars stuff, it's a black sort of line around things where you can see it and in this era they didn't have that black line it's just sort of a transparent line mm -hmm. so there's one shot where there's like a fairy and the tentacle comes up and like through the open back end of the fairy you can see the tentacle like come b past it i don't mm -hmm. think it hits the boat but the fairy is like a real thing so that's all live action footage and then the tentacle is a model footage yeah, so like yeah the interior of that window or whatever that you're looking out of is all model but everything else is not so yeah you can some... see that little like transparent line cutting that out mm -hmm. but uh, it's all you know very convincing and stuff i think you know it, yeah it's, yeah, it's it not bad good. that at all yeah, no no <clears throat> definitely not bad no 
I still think the other one's better. Just, I don't know if it's just because it's a dope dinosaur <laughs> that's like just smashing yeah. shit and stuff. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, it, or maybe it's just that directing that's not. <laughs> Perhaps that one was was better directed. It, it's yeah, not a great movie, but it's it's definitely a, a more competent movie than this. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I still fucking enjoyed this. Don't get me wrong. Right. It, it's definitely <laughs> like I wasn't like, oh, God, when is this over kind of right. a thing. But yeah, it definitely had its its <laughs> moments of just like, OK, here we go. You know, one thing I noticed, and I don't know if this is a, a reference or not, but. So this movie, at a point in this movie, they go to Astoria, Oregon. Hmm. Did you did you happen to notice that? No, I did not. Well, when they go to the beach and all that, okay, that's that's, that's Astoria, Oregon. Okay. Oregon, and I don't know that they actually shot it there, but that's what they say. They're going to Astoria. All right. So Astoria is an, a real place, and it's uh, on the coast. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> uh, and it's kind of by Portland. Why do I know so much about Astoria, Oregon? Well, that's where they shot the Goonies. Oh, okay. And where I think there might be a connection is that in there's a cutscene in The Goonies when they go down the water slides. I don't know how much you remember of Goonies, but they go down water slides, they end up in the water, and now the, they see the pirate ship. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's a cutscene right after they hit the water, before they get to the pirate ship, they encounter a large octopus. Mm. Not super large but larger than normal and there's a part of me that thinks that that scene may have been an homage to it came from beneath the sea hmm. maybe um, but I don't know <clears throat> two octopuses in Astoria, Oregon hey, who's a, to say I don't know Octopus Central there. Yeah, I don't know. It's it is from that's eighty five. This is fifty five, right? Fifty five. Yeah. Thirty years. My thing is that the 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 kids who grew up watching the things roughly thirty years ago, roughly thirty years later, they're kind of making their nostalgia versions yeah, of that. Yeah. I know like Joe Dante, director of of Gremlins and friend of Spielberg and stuff is real big on on these kind of movies and the main guy in the main the military guy in this movie is in a bunch of Do joe dante movies like mm. gremlins and okay. the howling <laughs> he's in like as a little bit part so i know i don't know i feel like spielberg might have might have because uh, he was the producer and stuff on goonies hmm might have had a little bit of a or or Chris Columbus the the writer director writer writer he was later a director he wrote that and then Richard Donner I don't know Richard Donner's a little older so I don't know but I think it's a a, a strong possibility yeah well, maybe just a little little reference to yeah it just seems weird because Astoria is not a big place it's a little like seaside town that. It's odd that they go there in this movie, like, okay, yeah. we're going to Astoria, okay. And then they're very specifically in Astoria, 
in Goonies. So I don't know. <laughs> I love the Goonies, so like, yeah, it was just fun to think about them <laughs> for me. Yeah, I'd like to think that it was real. Now, was Goonies actually like set in a story, or was it just filmed in a Goonies story? was filmed and set in okay. Astoria, Oregon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what beach they go to in 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 Goonies. I don't think they ever say because there's an actual beach that they shot it at, but I don't yeah. know that it's it's the beach that they go to in. It came from beneath the sea. I don't know if it's yeah, the same that would beach. Be interesting. If it was. I don't think it's the same beach because there's some there's like a big rock formation at the one beach that that's like the the goonies beach and yeah. i didn't see that here but i don't know that they actually shot because it didn't look like oregon beach to me <laughs> <laughs> oregon beach is kind of dismal and it's not like a standard beach and this kind of just looked like a whatever beach so i don't know yeah i mean it could have been backlot for all i know because it, it didn't look particularly real but right but who knows my guess is that it's probably around where the other things that they shot. Like, why would they go to Oregon to shoot that one little beach part when they got lots of beaches in California? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in terms of just budgetary reasons. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah, so, did you... Look at all at the colorized version. I did not. Yeah, I just kind of skimmed through it a little bit just to just to see. Just see what it looked like? Yeah, I was like, oh, that's a surprisingly uh, effective. Yeah. Depending on when colorization was done, some of them can look... I mean, I fucking hate it. I'm never yeah. going <laughs> to look at it. I'm not into it. But right. some of them can look very natural and if they weren't done in that first wave of like the <laughs> fucking 80s or whenever when when uh Ted Turner was all about colorizing all the fucking black and white movies that first wave is real like mm -hmm. but uh, I'm a, I I I don't know yeah I'm I, not a fan anyway yeah I I had noticed on the box it said the copyright was renewed I think like what 87 it says on there or something yeah i kind of assumed just that was probably when the colorization was done maybe but perhaps perhaps yeah, hmm. it was uh yeah i wasn't really sure what to expect from the colorization really but yeah it looked better than i thought it would, would. <laughs> i was thinking oh man this is probably gonna look really shitty and i'm like oh no it actually doesn't look bad if i had not known this was colorized i wouldn't have immediately thought oh there's oh, really? a colorized piece oh. of shit well maybe it's it's okay yeah and i was just kind of looking at it like wow they, it kind of works <laughs> it, it made things look a lot different for sure like yeah just in backgrounds and shots and it just seems like the focus suddenly becomes very different and oh really and huh it was just like wow. It was like I'm actually looking at the background in this shot because there's these colorful buildings back there that oh, were like because it was just some shot of a car of them driving the car and you're just seeing out the window is yeah, uh, just a bunch of stuff that like in the black and white version I'm just focused on the characters because 
the background is just the background. And yeah. I was like, oh, hey, there's like buildings there and stuff like I wasn't even <laughs> looking at before. And oh, the color kind of drew my eyes to it. So it, yeah. it did kind of, uh, huh. it made me think that I want to, maybe not this movie, maybe pick a better movie, but yeah, uh, watch like and directly like compare the black and white to colorized versions and yeah. just see just to maybe better understand how black and white versus color changes the experience just to, oh, okay. just to, just as a uh, an experiment into what yeah what different feelings you get out of it and yeah there's uh what i would say i don't know that colorization would be the best example of that because when like when you're shooting black and white especially in the era of black and white they were doing wardrobe and backgrounds and painting walls and things for their shades of gray right right and so a lot of times when they would colorize they'd go back to like oh this guy was wearing a purple suit and whatever and so then they'll color him with the purple suit because this is what he was wearing, but it's just like, like it was it just there fucking to stupid. make yeah. the gray right. shade that they wanted yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, that seems like I don't know that that would be the best. Yeah, I'm, but I'm thinking just in terms of because you're getting literally the exact same shot, literally. Yes. And so, yes. it's that's literally the only thing that's changing is the color. Right. And so, just comparing on that basis what i was going to say though is that there are movies there's two that i can think of that have released that were shot in color and that have also released a black and white version oh that might be even better yeah and so the two that i think of off the top of my head are the most recent mad max movie fury road he felt that it should be black and white but was talked out of it and released it in color but he was also able to release the the black and white version on on Blu-ray, so that is available. Wow, that's nice. Um, I would not have expected such a modern movie to have like a yeah black and white release. Well, he was he was George Miller was and, super adamant about it, and they let him do it because yeah, he's George and, Miller. And that is a movie that I would very much enjoy watching again. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's a movie to watch again and again. Yeah, that's a that that would not at all be a bad one to yeah. sit through twice. So, and I think that one would be interesting because in in the way that that movie is is uh, fairly colorful and and I think it would be interesting to see it in black and white. Yeah. Um, and the other one that I can think of is that would be less interesting to you is the the movie The Mist based on the Stephen King short story was um also released in a black and white version um because the director thought it was a better a better way to experience the story but the studio wouldn't release it black and white cuz you know it's 2007 or whatever right <laughs> but he was able to put it on the DVD mm. um yeah. But I think that would be less interesting to you just because it's a horror movie. Yeah. I'm I'm also thinking there's got to be some way to it. I guess, like, I don't know, on modern, t- like, older TVs, you just had color knobs. Just swing it down and basically Oh, yeah. I mean, you can do that on the I'm settings. Sure there's got to yes. be some settings you can do, which. 
But yeah, but you're also pointing out movies that are specifically right. Like this w- works in black and white because yes. the directors were yeah planning it in that way. Yeah, you can do that with any movie. You can yeah, just turn the color knobs down. I used to do that. I had a one of my favorite Laurel and Hardy movies, Way Out West. We had it on on VHS when I was a kid, and it was colorized and when I got old enough to realize that it wasn't supposed to be in color, because I always thought it was kind of weird looking. Yeah. But when I realized, I was like, oh, well, I would like to see how it really looks. And I turned the, the color knob down, and then I would just watch it in black and white. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's you could do it with anything, but, but I feel like I haven't seen either... Mad Max or The Mist in black and white, but I feel like they might have adjusted saturation levels or something to make it more like right. to make an actual black and white version that you wouldn't get by just turning the color down. Yeah, yeah, and you're getting a nice video quality out of it. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah. I think that would be. I mean, you could do it anyway, and I think you would have an interesting experiment, but. Yeah, yeah, because just as a an understanding of what what makes a black and white movie appealing in a way that is not there in a color film or vice versa or whatever. Yeah. Like how how do you play that out? How, why would you make a dis- the decision to be black and white or color? What right. what would you hinge that decision on, and what you know, where would you? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, because like I don't even. Th- this movie was black and white and like i'm so used to black and white that i literally didn't even think about it being black and white because it's just yeah natural to me but you're not coming at it with the love of black and white or anything and i wouldn't have even thought of it either except that when you hit play it's like oh do you want to watch the black and white version or the colorized version oh huh (laughs) like i wouldn't have even thought to uh compare the two otherwise but I got done with it, and I'm like, hey, you know, let, let's just look at the colorized version. Let's just see what it is. And, <laughs> and I'm expecting this, like, blurry-ass 70s color or something. And, oh, okay. And I was like, oh, no, that's actually pretty pretty nicely done, huh? Yeah, I wonder how... I'd have to look at it, because, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I the... I might have uh, disagreed and made the octopus a little more colorful. It, it kind of left it still as a kind of a drabish, grayish color. Oh, really? And, Weird. Yeah, I expected it to be like some bright green or something or red or. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking more of a red, but yeah, you know. I was kind of thinking green because I think the poster art is painted green. Oh, is it? Like. Uh... Oh yeah, it is. Look so I, I was kind of thinking, oh, it'll probably be this bright, gaudy ass, ugly green. I'm like, no, it's actually kind of grayish. Weird. Is it green on this one too. It is. <laughs> It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of yellowish green on this one. Huh. Yeah, so. Well. I I was surprised how, uh, especially on that Golden Gate Bridge part where they color the Golden Gate Bridge to be this bright orangish color and the octopus is just this kind of gray on there. It was just kind of like the weird not what I was expecting. Well, that's odd, yeah. I was kind of like, huh. Well, all right. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes... I've looked at, I, I don't know that I've ever compared two movie, like, versions side by side of color or black and white, but sometimes I'll look at photos and, and it'll mm. be like, here's the color and then here's the black and white version of the same photo. And it's just like, which one do you like better? And it's like, I just love the way both things are. <laughs> I, I can't, it's very hard for me to choose. 
I don't know, because they're just two independent things that I love. I don't know. Not that one's inherently better, but I mean, I, I guess most people would say color is better. And I guess if I had to choose between seeing color or not seeing color, <laughs> I would choose to see color. But right. in terms of, of making something artistic, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think yeah. it's just a choice that you have to make. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, just uh thought that was an interesting little yeah that is thing interesting. that was running through my mind with this movie that just hadn't really so as as, as maybe in that sense being a, a slower less interesting movie uh, yeah it gets my mind turning in weird yes. ways because yes. i'm it gives me time to think about more structural things in a way but yeah i like movies that give you something to think about yeah, so whether like, or not even that that yeah. was intended or not right. just well you know because i don't know that i would have made like this sudden comparison to a stop motion and hand-drawn animation yeah. without this movie being slow enough and not as gripping enough to and it, it takes a while to get to yeah, any sort yeah. of stop motion too yeah it does actually that i is... mean i remember there being multiple sequences and I don't know if it was all throughout, but it seemed like it wasn't so backloaded as this movie in Beasts from 20,000 Fathoms. Yeah, I don't remember it being that way, but it might just be more competent filmmaking. Yeah, because I know like that lighthouse can... sequence is kind of in the middle, and then there's like the whole end where he's crashing through the city and stuff. Yeah. And like in this movie... There's not really that sequence in the middle. I mean, I guess there's the yeah, the there's, boat thing, but that's the boat so attacked. quick. Yeah, there was. I kind of want to say there were a couple little things, but it might have that might all have been like towards the end when it was getting to the in that second half when. Yeah. I think most of the the actual monster was second half. It, yeah, it definitely was because like you just kind of hear about it and they're talking about it for the first half and right. and they're kind of like looking around like oh well we, we have these weird swimmers disappeared in australia and there's yes this, you know it's, it's a lot of talking like that and it right but yeah there's not a lot of the actual monster yeah like because the first when it first starts in the submarine and they're having the sonar they're like what's this thing it's coming it's gonna get us like you never see anything right which is fine you know you build some suspense but right right it's definitely trying to work that angle of it yeah. and just gradual reveal rather than right but i mean you don't even see like a shadowy tentacle or nothing you know? right right it's, <laughs> you don't see, you see a anything. blob on the sonar that could yeah be anything. that's it yeah <laughs> just a big blob on the sonar that's it <laughs> That's all you get. Like, you don't even see the the <laughs> crap they get off the fins when they... Because no. like, when they escape, they're like, oh, we got this huge chunk of flesh from something, and you right. never even see it. You don't see it, no. Although, I, I did actually like the scene where they're examining it, and they're in those gigantic, like, radiation suits. <laughs> that, that'd have me fucking dying laughing, because those... the Just the way it looked, with the, the things were like... 
at their noses so you yeah. just don't see their eyes you just see like half their face and it was so fucking dumb looking <laughs> but it was hilarious I like in that. a way i think that was kind of intentional like a gradual reveal of the characters but yeah like at the same time like it was it really worth like <laughs> well and that was the thing too they're wearing these suits and then the dude just walks over like five steps away and he takes it off. off like, <laughs> yeah it's like well, what's the fucking point of that thing <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> but and like i kind of felt like it was kind of intentional that they were shooting it like you only see the bottom like their chins for a while and then it would be like oh here's these really like impressive characters but then they walk out it's like that's just so normal and yeah. like it's not like this dramatic reveal like the narrator actually kind of contributes to that too it's like oh the three greatest minds meet for the first time oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's like, right yeah and it's like uh, they're they're really just kind of normal people honestly <laughs> They're normal people, and the fucking, the military guy was just like, like, he didn't give a fuck. He just wanted that girl. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> like, much. He was just like, whatever, octopus, I'm, I'm, I got eyes for you. <laughs> and that was just like, like that was like, the I, thing when, when in the that scene where I was talking about where they just show those close up of everybody's heads yeah when they showed the military dude he was just like raising his eyebrows and shit at that girl <laughs> just like not even listening to what she's saying you know? yeah I, I got this feeling that like like this was because it was like the three greatest minds i'm like what wait are they talking about the military guy because he's clearly just not a part of this right like yeah. he's he's clearly out of his depth on the science part he's just waiting for the answer the third mind was the hunk of flesh <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no the, the military guy was definitely not a part, a part of the the great summit of minds good lord i mean i guess i i i i do think that he was intended to be because he's the the brand of fucking the in the man with the torpedoes and shit but yeah yeah but, he he did not feel like he was the significant factor in no, uh, <laughs> no definitely not but uh, uh, you know, strategy and and use of force and stuff in, in, yeah, the, yeah. in the in the context of this film is definitely a, a skill that you know the other people did not have. So you know, right, right. In that sense, yes, he he was a mind, <laughs> <laughs> not a mind in the classic sense, but right. There is something for you know military strategists. They're they're doing their thing. Yep. But yeah, I don't know. The whole the whole romance thing was just uh, yeah, that was, was making pretty bad. me laugh so much because it was <laughs> the romance was pretty it bad. Was so fucking awful. It was so fucking bad. Oh my god. I was like, mm, I'm not really feeling this relationship here. <laughs> no, it was it was just awful. Yeah. It was weird because because he was like forcing himself and she was saying no which is like oh you know this movie's gonna get canceled by modern culture because <laughs> you know it's like not up to yeah but then at the same time it was like trying to be feminist yeah in a way. like it was right. like oh she's this strong independent woman but he's still just the <laughs> it still winds up being this typical kind right. of like just pushy guy just grabs her and <laughs> Yeah, and I thought it was interesting where 
there's that part where she's asserting her her feminist viewpoints and saying like how how you know you're you're telling me i couldn't be there in an emergency and 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 And, all of that stuff and And then then, she's just like at the end she's just on the phones like well (laughs) before that like on the golden gate bridge in that crisis like he drives in whatever and then they cut to her on the sidelines and she's just like screaming his name like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) like the exact opposite of whatever she just said yeah and it's just like if you want to present her as as this character that's great but (laughs) then they just like forget about that for a second and i don't know it was pretty fucking funny though yeah i mean not intentionally that's for sure but I had a fucking hoot. (laughs) You just tell her, just like, oh, we're going to make her, like, not the the silly damsel in distress, and they kind of just wind up making her just this, really. (laughs) Yeah. She does get, you know, she... She's at least not, like, needing to be rescued, I guess. No, she she does. She contributes, and she she does a lot of of smart, smart things throughout the course of the movie. It was perhaps uh, forward-thinking for the time, but... (laughs) Yes. Perhaps. But Perhaps. looking back, it's yeah. uh, not not very impressive looking back. Yeah, this is 55, so it'd be before like the that wave of feminism really swept the country. I mean, yeah. not the first wave, but the that, like Gloria Steinem, like late 60s, 70s, you know, yeah. where it really started to sweep the nation so it is a little bit ahead of its time in that way i appreciate it it was just better than it not being there (laughs) where i would just be dumb without any sort of anything yeah it's very clearly just like oh giant monsters are where it's at let's just make a movie with a giant monster yeah yeah pay Harryhausen to make a giant monster and, For sure. and cobble together some kind of character arcs around it. <laughs> right. Yeah. For sure. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of a, it's a weird one in that way. I'm interested to, to see the movies that are not a traditional sort of kaiju setup with Harryhausen effects. I mean, because, yeah, like, yeah. I watched those when I was a kid, the Sinbad movies and stuff, where they're just basically, like, adventure fantasies. Mm-hmm. And it, so they're not built on, this is a military movie, and <laughs> right. we got to <laughs> overcome this insurmountable, you know, giant thing. You know, it's a little bit more broad. And, like, here's a little adventure with the skeleton dudes, and here's a yeah. little thing with this little... Uh, monster and you know it's a little hydra or whatever yeah stuff like that yeah so it's a little bit more interesting but i don't know these are fun too i enjoy (laughs) these i i I don't know i like movies so yeah (laughs) it's just it's like i don't know it's a movie it's a movie (laughs) so i like it yeah yeah so yeah, I don't know if there's much else to go on about this movie. It's I don't think so. I made a note about something. I think we talked about it already, though. So I can just look real quick. Yep. 
We covered everything that I wrote down, which yeah. is good. I remembered. Hey. Congratulations. Yeah, maybe I I yeah. I should cancel my lobotomy. <laughs> it's scheduled for Monday. <laughs> Man, I'm going to join the Navy. You're going to get a lobotomy. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is going to change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of more drool on this podcast. <laughs> You're going to be gone in boot camp, and I'm just going to be drooling on the mic. <laughs> Uh, and i was surprised how many like documentaries this thing has on it like in the special features oh yeah just looking at the li- i didn't watch any of them but i just looked at the list and it was just like all these different little things of, yeah lots of uh, some, lots uh, of extras some tim burton thing on there i was like what <laughs> yeah tim burton is a big fan of stop motion he uh he i want to say he Fuck, I can't remember the name of it, but but uh, he did stop motion his himself. Oh, it was uh, like one oh, of himself. his okay. One of his early like movies bef- that's not um, not like a released in a theater movie. Oh, okay. He made a a short. He made a short called Frank and Weenie that they later. Mm. Yeah. The, the, much later made a feature a movie, of. Yeah. And um, there was Nightmare Before Christmas, I guess, is stop motion. Yeah, he didn't direct that. Everybody thinks he directed that, but. He was the was producer, point, and I think yeah. he wrote the story or something. Okay. But Henry Selleck is the director of that, who, okay. who also is a great animator and made Coraline and hmm. okay. James and the Giant Peach, I believe. Yeah, I should probably watch Coraline. Yeah, I've seen it a couple times. It's uh-huh. not the greatest movie, but... Hmm. Uh, I'm a Neil Gaiman fan, so... Yeah, you are. I, you I, are. Just the connection. Have you ever be. seen the movie? No. Have you ever read the book? I have not. Well, I've it's seen the movie twice, and it it's uh, it, it's all right. I don't yeah, know. It's it, weird. It never it's, struck me as something that was like really interesting. Well, um, it 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 makes me feel how I feel about like literally every Neil Gaiman thing I've seen, where I'm kind of like, it's all right, but it's just not quite there, <laughs> and like it reminds me, everything of his always reminds me of Clive Barker but it doesn't go to Clive Barker levels. Mm. And so it always seems like it's just kind of like, come on, <laughs> like turn it up, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> and Coraline is probably, I don't know if it's the best thing, because I don't, like in terms of movies and things that I've seen, I think it's it's okay. It's it's. I would watch it again, I suppose, but... It's uh, I lit. I just watched it like a couple months ago, so I'm not like itching mm, to okay. watch it again. I saw it in yeah. the theater because because first Laura wanted to see it because they might be giants did a song that's in the movie for a, mm. a little bit because okay. the uh, one character sings a song for a, a, a moment mm-hmm. and it's a they might be giants song. And she's a big fan, so we went to see it for that, and because it's the director of Night Before Nightmare Before Christmas, which is one of her favorite movies. Okay. So I saw it in the theater, and then I watched it just a couple months ago on a whim. Like, maybe this is better than I remember, because I love stop motion. So right. I was feeling a stop motion sort <clears throat> of like, gimme, <laughs> I want it. And uh, so I watched it. It's all right. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, you like him, so you yeah, might I think it's, like his stuff. it's more interesting <clears throat> than than I. Yeah, do. if I were I gonna 
compared to what I have seen of Clive Barker, which is only what we've done for the podcast, really, is yeah, I, I would say that. So I don't know that I have a really good comparison to all go we, for. All we watched is Hellraiser, yeah, Hellraiser right? And didn't we watch something else that we watched? Fuck, I don't think so. But maybe there was something else. But I've been trying to get you to watch Nightbreed, but you always are like, mm, "What else is there?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we watched anything else. Mm. I don't know. Because we didn't watch Candyman or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe I'm maybe just... maybe there was some related thing that I forgot about. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah. Maybe Hellraiser was <laughs> more than enough. <laughs> this feels like two. <laughs> maybe. I'm just remembering two movies out of it or something. Yeah. But... Yeah, I just, if I, from my limited uh, ability to compare, I'd say Clive Barker leans more towards, like, trying to be creepy and horror, and, like, and Neil Gaiman is just trying to be fanciful, and, like, just... Yeah. Ma- maybe more of that just sense of wonder, not necessarily a sense of horror, but... Yeah, I, I don't know that I would agree with that, but... Like, he... Gaiman will definitely go to that horror route, but it's not like that's his sole purpose or that's that's like right. the, the core of what he's going to. Well, and that's the one thing about Clive Barker that is misunderstood is yeah. that he's seen as a horror guy. Yeah, I, I guess more dark is. fantasy than horror. Yeah, but. but like his first... He first came out with Books of Blood and those are horror as fuck <laughs> and then his first novel came out damnation game horror as fuck <laughs> and then every book after that is less and less horror okay and so, so the, he kind of like the next book after that weave world is like super fantasy crazy with like grotesque horror sprinkled around you know just light sprinkles of horror (laughs) and then like the next book is like i don't even know that there's graphic violence in it maybe a little bit and then like just it gets further and further away from Hmm. that style of horror i mean his books are kind of just fantasy at that point hmm and so, like, a lot of people don't know that because those books yeah. never get adapted. The mm. shit that gets adapted is, like, Books of Blood, Hellraiser, and then that's kind of it. <laughs> and so it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's sad because his his imagination is unparalleled. It's amazing. And yeah. that is just never really captured in, in the things that get adapted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Seems to be the case for a lot of artists. But. Yes, yes. And that's he, he, when he was directing movies, those movies are by far the best examples of his style, even though those are still like leaning horror because those are easier to fund than, especially yeah, in the yeah. 80s and early 90s. Yeah, that's kind of why it's like there's been talk before of like a Sandman movie or maybe yeah, an HBO series. They're making or a show yeah. now, I think. Yeah, and I've, I've always been kind of like, oh, that'd be so cool. And then I think about like, oh, but would they actually capture the. Honestly, I haven't finished it, but like, I don't know how they could really do justice to that. Yeah. It's so, like, yeah, odd and weird. and Like, yeah, I don't know. It, like, 
I, I can think of ways you could do it, but I, I feel I like I don't trust that it's actually going to be done well. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe if there were some really good people on board doing the writing and the directing and yeah. stuff, but like I just don't think I trust it to actually capture the feel of Sandman. Yeah, probably not. Like it's gonna just not turn out well, but that that's just a like mm, this just doesn't seem like something you should adapt into. It, yeah, it seems pretty tied to its current form. Yeah, and I don't know that it would really work as a yeah a movie it, it, or a, it's a certainly series. not a, certainly not as a single movie. You, yeah. you could maybe do some kind of a trilogy thing out of it and yeah. finagle it, but. You could definitely do some of those arcs as a single movie, right? But but even that's not gonna adapt like what that series is or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Know? So I I think like as more of like an HBO series would be a better choice for yeah for the medium to to express it in. But I still don't feel like that would really like i just don't feel like that's gonna be as a good uh yeah they're making somebody's making a show and i want to say it's i don't think it's hbo i think it's amazon who's who's making a show and because they have all of these fantasy rights Mm. like they're making a lord of the rings show they're making a dark tower show they're making a disc world show Mm. i think they're making the sandman show they're like kind of doubling down on all this yeah. fantasy hmm. stuff, and uh, okay. hmm. it's gonna be curious to see what the Dark Tower thing is gonna be like. Yeah, I believe it's it's gonna be an adaptation of the the young Roland Western oh, okay. flashback of of Wizard mm. Glass. Okay. I was kind of hoping it would just uh, be the successor to the movie and continue that. That on, was but. the original idea, but then they decided to detach it and to be its mm-hmm. own thing, mm-hmm. um, which sucks. Yeah. But, I mean, I'll watch it because, I mean, I'll try to watch it. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I liked the movie, so this might yeah. not I think this one's going to be straight adaptation, too, which is, like, less interesting to me. Right, right. But I don't know because that was that was one of the most interesting things about the movie was that it was just continuing the yeah. story. It was like, yeah. oh, well, that's like we can keep this going and do like what, yeah. what's going to happen next. That's what I loved about it. But yeah, kind of it kind of reengaged that wonder of oh, what's going to happen? Like right. it's just a straight adaptation. Like well, I know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah, they when they made comics of Dark Tower, the first one that they did was an adaptation of that western flashback of wizard and glass and i was buying them because i was so excited like oh this is the first dark tower thing like since the novels ended this is so exciting like they're making comics now and and i didn't even know that it was gonna be just a retelling of that but then when i started reading it i was just like oh i know all this (laughs) who gives a shit (laughs) and i like just i kept reading because it was like well maybe they'll add things in and it's like nope it's just a, a a lesser version of this wonderful novel I read, <laughs> yeah. With with and, pictures, it's like, ugh, come on, man. Yeah, that that, that that's kind of uh, like with adaptations and things. I I don't know that I always succeed, but I always try not to care when they alter things. Yeah, precisely because of that. Because if it is just identical to the original. Why didn't I just read the original? Like what? Do, yes. Like what's the point of adapting it if you're not 
actually adapting it to something and making right. it a, its own unique experience. And if it's just the exact same thing, why did you bother? Right. And so, but if they do the same thing, but see that I guess my my issue is not so much that it's a little bit. It's just like taking all of the nuance out and then making a very condensed version of the novel which right. is fine for people who <clears throat> never read the novel but for me it's just like well why did you do this in the first place like what's the reason to right. do this right. other than to sell comics to people <laughs> like maybe to get people to like read this and then be interested in the novels or something but i'm coming at it from the opposite angle yeah. And so I just wonder, like, why was this made? <laughs> yeah, like, what 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 purpose does it yeah. serve that you're not getting from right. the book? And for me, it didn't <clears throat> serve any purpose. But they're very popular. I think they're still making those comics. So mm. they've since made things that are not from the books. Like, oh, okay. Like, they covered things that are never seen in the books, like the Battle of Jericho Hill that you have never see in... T- in its entirety in the books or read about in its entirety they had a whole arc of that and Mm. they had arcs of many things that you just hear yeah little little mention of and stuff and so like that's cool but i don't at the same time like do i really want to know what the battle of jericho was To, to me the battle of jericho feels like that should be a core mystery of the series yeah you know enough about it in in the way that Stephen right. King s- describes it in the in the the books, I don't. Yeah, that's why I never read that or sought that out. I thought like, oh well, that's cool for people who care, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like and like in the movie, it doesn't really do much more than that either. You see right, little you know, snippets yeah. of it, but it, it's kind of like I kind of like that being mysterious because it's yeah because it's it's one of those things that you know the outcome of. And when you know the outcome of it, there's not a lot to dramatize going into it. Yeah, because who cares about the actual, like, oh, well, he's shooting now, and then this other guy's shooting. And I, Yeah, I mean I, I mean, I guess it could be done well, but it just feels like that's not where the story's going. And right. it's like, I, I want to see where the story is headed to, not where it necessarily came from. Yes. Yes. It's one of those moments, and not that everything is going to be one of those moments, but that specifically, I do kind of feel, is one of those moments where the mystery is more valuable than the explanation. Yes, yeah, that's why I don't like. I mean, I didn't see Solo, <laughs> but the idea of like building a movie around the things that they just say to give that character some color in the first movie yeah yeah like i don't need to see all that stuff (laughs) yeah yeah and and to a degree that that movie was just like that and oh that's right you saw that yeah i did actually see that one and good lord it was (laughs) is that good it it was fine (laughs) it was fine As, as fine as any of the other uh, like Marvel movies or the other Star Wars things, it's yeah. entertaining in the moment, but no. And and like you say, like the things it reveals aren't like, oh my god, I I'm glad I know this yeah thing now, and it's like that was kind of a dumb explanation actually. Uh. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'd prefer to not care, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's things that should be just these... Th- like, it should just be an explanation without an explanation. I don't know how, how to say it, but, like... Oh, he, he fucking got the Falcon from lando at some point like i don't care the specifics i don't need to see him sign a contract or what (laughs) i don't need the who the fuck cares about that yeah yeah it's just kind of it's just like i don't know Uh, a movie based on and and i gotta say like it is kind of dumb way he gets it so it it was not like some fulfilling (laughs) that's what seems weird about it to me yeah why i don't know i don't know (laughs) whatever no, I, I think perhaps the most interesting thing which i had actually heard elsewhere anyway like probably back in the 90s when i was big into star wars was yeah. just the nature of the kessel run being recorded in parsecs rather than time yeah but it, it's not about how fast he did it it's how short he did it um, and that that because he's like oh we completed the kessel run in under whatever parsecs like that's not a right. unit of time that's not speed. Right. that's a unit of distance well, I think that's just George Lucas just <laughs> fucking with, like, he probably didn't know, and he just put it in there. I doubt he, like, figured that out. Right, but, like, even back in the 90s, like, I had that it. explanation that, oh, this is because you have to, like, dodge things in space, and fucking so you can't nerds. just go in a straight line, so you've got to, like, so the actual distance you have to do to avoid things means you your computer needs to calculate the distance, and uh-huh. only a really good computer can do And so I was, like, talking about, and so, like, that that was an explanation I'd heard back in like the fucking nineties. Like I didn't need this movie for that. So the movie engages that same explanation. Uh, kind of, yeah. It was. I don't think it really explains it per se, but it does use that idea. It kind of it goes huh. into it more than what I had heard in the nineties. It dramatizes yeah. it, and but, but right, like it dramatizes it in ways that are kind of dumb in a way, but. <laughs> I don't well, know. It's it's a dumb action movie. It is, but, yeah, it's it's uh it's yeah. I I wouldn't put it in like some you should see this category. It's just uh if you got a few hours to kill and it's there, it it can pass the time. But wouldn't that time be better served <laughs> doing something more worthwhile than yeah, probably than yeah. something that's just like yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess Probably, I but I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, me, we, uh, I'm not gonna. We we watched it came from beneath the sea, so. <sighs> yeah, but I feel like that at least has some sort of historical value. Or right, right. It's uh, you know, I don't know. I'm really into special effects, so the idea of yeah, yeah, seeing what Harryhausen was doing, and I would, like, in terms of of documentaries about filmmaking, I'm kind of at my limit with that kind of stuff because i watched a ton of it when i was younger Mm. and so like i don't really want to watch making of stuff anymore except for special effects shit (laughs) like i love watching stuff about how they're doing special effects and how like model making and fucking the harryhausen documentaries i would watch for sure like yeah like uh that shit i'm super still into you know like i still the movie magic of that all is still very very strong in my heart <laughs> so i feel like it's more worthwhile even though 
the movie maybe not great, but it's right. more worthwhile there's, than there's stuff you can find than in just it, some but... trash fucking modern <laughs> Star Wars movie made as a product <laughs> designed to appeal to the most amount of people possible. Yeah. In a way, I kind of feel like that's what it came from beneath the sea is trying to be like, just, you think so? I, I kind of got this feeling that it was like, just, Hey, monster movies do this. So we should do this to make yeah. a monster movie that people will want. Like, I feel like it was designed more to just be that, I do think mass it's mass appeal movie of the time. Yeah, I do think it's designed around the idea of the special effects and the monsters and like it's yeah, but I don't yeah, I don't know. It's just different now because it's all corporations and like they're yeah, all yeah. they're all got their fucking number crunchers and <laughs> they're all trying to like make like movies now are adhering to Chinese censorship mm. rules so that they can play in China and make more money and like what the like it, I don't know it's just it fucking bugs me I don't know so um I don't know that anybody should watch this unless they're super into uh Harryhausen <laughs> yeah like if, if you want a, just a showcase of uh stop motion effect kind of stuff maybe start about halfway through and <laughs> yeah no if you want to see that stuff definitely <clears throat> but yeah other yeah. than that yeah i don't know that there's a lot of, to to really pull from this movie of, of no. other than just a, a window to the past but window to the past it's yeah it's kind of a dirty window but <laughs> it's uh, i don't know i kind of as much as i didn't like it i still had quite a bit of fun with it because there's some dumb fucking dialogue and <laughs> yeah. stupid there is. shit that and it's there just is. it's just funny so i don't know it's kind of funny to to laugh at as much as i don't generally like laughing at movies <laughs> this one i don't know there's some dumb shit in it so i guess we'll <clears throat> leave it at that yep then the next harry Housen movie if you still want to continue the chronology is uh he he did a 10 minute sequence in a documentary about animals and he did a, mm. a dinosaur sequence oh, okay. I don't know that we need to watch the whole movie but yeah. that's chronologically the next thing and then the next feature after that is called Earth versus the Flying Saucers Ooh. <laughs> well, that sounds more fun <laughs> yes yes I have a, a, a strong love and nostalgia for that the animal world uh, stop motion sequence because um, when I was a kid, I had a Viewmaster. Did you have a Viewmaster no. when you were a kid? So Viewmaster, you know what I'm talking about, right? No, I'm not. You don't know what a fucking Viewmaster is? <laughs> Holy shit. Like, you'll probably describe it. I'll be like, oh, that thing or something. So Viewmaster was a little thing with little eye holes, and you put on the little, like, round disc Oh, Oh, yeah, and they had the, like, slides. little, like, it yeah. was basically a little, like, slide projector, but yes. you didn't project it. You, it like, projected it into, oh, your, yeah, yeah, yeah. into your head, yeah, and then you okay. had the little knob thing that you, the lever that you'd pull yeah, and Yeah, okay, I think I probably did, I don't know if I had one of those, but I've definitely used them as a kid yeah. or something, yeah. Well, I was a big fan. I fucking thought they were the coolest thing ever. And so one of the, the reels or the sequence of reels that I had was this dinosaur thing. And they were still images from Harryhausen's sequence mm. in the animal world. 
depicting dinosaur life and then the, the meteor hitting and the dinosaurs dying and shit. So I always thought that was super cool and I always liked that sequence because it makes me think of that of that uh, that Viewmaster that I think I still have somewhere around here. Right. Wow. I definitely have the machine. I don't know that I have my old dinosaur reels, but um, I, I love I love the old Viewmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, guess, well, I imagine we'll skip that and just go to. Yeah, yeah. Well, that does make me think of like an, uh, that they're still doing that kind of stuff today, like nature documentaries about dinosaurs. It's just it's a CG instead of yes. stop motion, but yes. like just that that idea of hey, we're gonna talk, uh, make a documentary about dinosaurs and create some. Uh, visuals to go with it but yeah yeah it's very much the same yeah to, to bring it alive for the, right right for the kid and the kid inside mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like that's been going on for <laughs> yes yes since the 50s at least apparently at least yes for sure well i guess uh, that's about it yeah so adios all right see ya Thank you.